0: The Love Good Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. On top of being a media discovery platform and crowdfunding initiative, we are a grassroots movement that accompanies young people and artists who are transforming culture with beauty. Our patrons are on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else. Build the culture you've always imagined. Join the movement and become a patron today at lovegoodculture.com.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Love Good podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. You're listening to episode eight, season one. It is such a joy to be now celebrating 2018 with all of you, to be back here in the Love Good studio in Nashville, Tennessee, and to be inaugurating a whole new episode and just a continued, real joyful relaunch of Love Good. You know, it's been an absolutely wild ride for us as we've not only gotten this podcast off the ground, but completely represented ourselves on social media and everywhere else. And there's just been a lot of exciting growth. And in the months ahead, uh, so much to look forward to. Some really cool partnerships at a pretty high level, as well as more and more events in the homes and even in the backyards of people all over the country. And uh, even this particular episode. ...thrills me to no end. We've got, as always, Jenea Trudell coming on in just a few moments, my trusted co-host. We'll be talking about Lovegood's mission of accompanying both young people and artists. What does it really mean to come alongside others, particularly those who we believe are on the front lines of culture, youth... And creatives, young people and artists And really join them on their pilgrimage To help them live the fullness of their humanity And to captivate people along the way And one such artist is actually our guest later on the show Michelle Mandico One of our long-standing singer-songwriters From Denver, Colorado She's been in Nashville for about four or five years now And we've released two of her albums Exclusively to our patrons across the world And actually today we're debuting a brand new song. Song. Even before it's released on iTunes and across the world, the song Tarmigan, the title track from her brand new album, will be played on this podcast, on this episode, in just a few moments. And with Michelle, we also talk about really the difference between entertainment and leisure, the difference between pleasure and contentment, even the difference between escapism and recreation or recreation. And it's a really beautiful, as always, profound conversation with an artist that we really love. Uh, really, just hang on tight. This is going to be one of the best episodes we've ever had. You're now listening to Change the World, a beautiful song, a beautiful rendition of a classic from Joshua Carswell, his live album. He's also one of our contributing artists. you got to go check him out, joshuacarswell.com. Till then I'd
2: be a fool Longing for the day that I could change the world, I would be the sunlight in your universe, you would think my love was really something good, baby, if I could change the world.
1: Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell, as always, sitting down with Janae Trudell.
3: Hello, everyone. Happy New Year.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I (laughs) I always love a new year, and I do sink into a little bit of that post-Christmas depression. And uh, I just wonder, like... Back in Canada, does everybody just shut down on <laughs> December 26th? Like, in our country, it's almost ridiculous how Christmas music just stops. I mean, the 12 wow. days of Christmas actually begins, and then everybody takes down their trees, mm. no more Christmas music, and I just feel like one big walking Bob Humbug myself, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm finally over that because, you know, we're well into January now. We've got New Year's resolutions under our belt. You got any good ones this year?
3: Um, Yeah, like a little... I don't know. They're usually not too too tangible. That sounds pretty
1: non-committal, Janelle.
3: It does. I should need to write it down, put a chalkboard up or something. (laughs) I want to create more every day. Like I want to sit down with a notepad and just like avail myself to that. Keep in touch with friends. Have like I don't know, little like workout things I need to do and Uh, boring adult stuff like like that.
1: that (laughs) Yeah, I haven't really gone on a series of consistent runs. In probably two years. And I used to train for half marathons. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like seriously, but I you know, I was getting up like at mm-hmm. 5 a.m. and going for a six to eight mile runs for a little while there. And yeah. I've lost it. So, yeah, I agree. That's pretty good. I need to be more creative. You were just playing the piano uh, in the studio <laughs> a few moments ago. And I thought, I don't know why I'm not sitting down at that thing more mm-hmm. often. It's a beautiful instrument. I love playing it. I just get so caught up. One of my non-negotiable resolutions for the new year is I'm not going to work in the evenings
2: Mm, okay
1: like five or six p.m. hits and I'm making a swift transition into leisure into ministry into family into friends anything but work because uh, I did a lot of that this fall Mm -hmm. sitting down Mm -hmm. at the computer into the wee hours of the morning and it's just it's not good like you get back problems you're you're sleep deprived eventually you just lose Mm -hmm. all your steam you know So, it is a great time of the year to be uh, putting out New Year's resolutions. In fact, if you've gotten any, you probably should just go ahead and tag us at Love Good Something. Love Good Resolutions. How about that? All right. So, hashtag Love Good Resolutions somewhere in the world of social media today. We want to hear what you're committing to here at the beginning of a new year. Perhaps you could inspire, maybe even challenge us over here Mm because I need some ideas. I need
3: some really (laughs) good ideas.
1: We have a really fun guest coming on later, Michelle Mandico. She's an old friend. We've put out one of her EPs, one of her full length albums. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, we've had some brilliant conversations over the last few months together about beauty, about culture, about the Love Good standard, about accompaniment. Uh, but one of the things we've never really focused in on is why, as Love Good do we hone in specifically on young people and artists? So in a moment, we'll talk about artists. That'll be the great transition into mm-hmm. Michelle Mandico. But why young people? What is it about young people that actually um, is so powerful? Why do they have... Uh, an ability, uh, perhaps incomparable in to few on planet Earth, mm-hmm. to really transform culture?
3: Well, first of all, like, even <laughs> psychologically, um, they're they're the, like, the children of the world who are, like, ready to choose, like, a way of life really seriously. And um, they're not, like, so set in their ways. They're really open. Um, and even... I I I before Nashville I was in a really really small town and like small town means something different for me than it does for you. I'm talking like 600 people. Wow. Um
1: That's like a neighborhood.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's the biggest place I've lived in since I moved to Nashville. So, um I was there for 4 years and I was a part of a community of like 40 young people, men and women. Um and then I and then I worked there as kind of like a like a house director, residence advisor, student life coordinator was my title. Um, just like accompanying these, these young adults who are not that much younger than I and um, saw in them and experienced in myself in those years. And since um, an incredible, uh, like a striking, striking potential and capacity for the heights of holiness and the depths of love and sacrifice. Um, And it was, maybe it was, all the more striking because we're coming from or at least I like I came from public school I grew up in a family like of faith um but we we journeyed together in faith like my my parents we were it was like a, it, we were late in the game as far as kind of like really coming back to that and um so I just I felt I was like new to it and growing up in a culture where just not a lot was asked of me or expected of me as a young person especially a teenager um they set the bar so low um, so that it looks like we're doing okay and um, not a lot is is asked of us and it's such a pity because so much we are capable of so much and I consider myself like I'm, I'm not I'm not a teenager anymore but um, I'm definitely not like in a in a solid like stable state of life yet I'm still like in the in-between and um, and it's so beautiful it's such a uh, an important charged time full of like potential and uh young people they're just so ready to rise to the occasion especially after like kind of years like in our postmodern culture of just people like "Ah, being okay if you like sailing and drifting um when you ask something of them like they're so ready they just have so much heart and they're hungry they're hungry for something like worth living and dying for um so that's what i've seen and experienced in myself and i'm still wrestling for that but um it's powerful they're they're just they're warriors they're so
1: ready I obviously totally agree and I've seen that over the course of long stretches of time and young people in this town here in Nashville you know I've been involved in the lives of a lot of young people over the last eight, ten, twelve years I mean David Lee who's our director of operations he and I met when he was in eighth grade mm-hmm. and I was a sophomore at Vanderbilt, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just been this friendship and this accompaniment ever since. And, of course, it's, it's blossomed into friendship and brotherhood and so much more. But it's really amazing to see that the power of investing in young people, you know, where I see this in a fairly acute way is every time I go over to England, even my trips to New Zealand, some of these places in the world that, you know, I might only get to visit once a year, twice a year, three times a year at best, and that means you're only seeing these teenagers, you know, for a few days at a time. Mm-hmm. If if you're lucky. Maybe it's a few hours at a time. And as you said, it's such a special time of life. There's a hunger, there's an openness, there's a desire, there's a courage, there's a willingness, uh, a moldability there that many of us lose as life goes on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we just forget that in fact mm-hmm. we're not called to to mediocrity, to comfort. Uh, but truly, to a life of greatness, and that in fact every life can become yet another hinge point mm-hmm. for human history, mm-hmm. and to just seize the imagination of young people with that ideal is a really, really powerful, powerful thing. Well, um, we've only got a few minutes now, so so why artists? You know, young people obviously captivating. They begin to to live their lives, um, especially according to God's will for them, and they just became they become radiant. Uh, you can't help but see a flicker of joy in their eyes that inspires anybody. Mm. Um, I would say they're not quite as tortured though as, as the (laughs) artist, right. Who has a whole nother way Mm. of bringing beauty into the world of inspiring all of us to be more authentic Mm -hmm. and more uh, just truly ourselves. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Being an artist myself, I felt this like (laughs) burden of a gift in me pretty early on. And, um, I was, like, right ticked off (laughs) coming into my, maybe, like, my late teen years when I was, like, just looking ahead and where's my life going to go and feeling this uh, really deep awareness of, um, like, and this is going to sound like uh, tooting my own horn or whatever, but, like, just, like, aware of the deeper, like, realities of, of the world, seeing beneath, like, the the superficial and the sentimental and just like seeing a deeper reality which was a lot of the times really beautiful and sometimes really painful um and also that's paired with an ability to like articulate and express it through art um which sounds like really great (laughs) in a podcast or on paper and it was really terrifying for me I was like oh my gosh like this is there was a responsibility I felt um because I I knew that that existed in me um, and it's not like an elite thing; like only artists can appeal to that in people. But they do have this inborn sensitivity to, um, to like the mysteries of the world, to those like fundamental questions: mm. Who are we? Why are we here? Where are we going? What is this for? What is this for? Like on on the whole spectrum, what is this? What, why this joy and why this suffering and everything in between? Um, and they have a way of articulating it in a in a way that's um, gentle in in the way that it's it's art, and so it's accessible to people and it's familiar to them, um, and it's veiled enough that they that it's approachable, um, but also in a way that's it's charged with truth and it's presenting questions rather than just shouting, you know, doctrine at people. Um, so they're really ambassadors of beauty, of course, but but mm. beauty married. Married to truth and married to these these fundamental human questions that we uh are born with, born asking and and so often forget as we grow up, and we kind of lose our wonder, we lose our wonder as we mm. as we age, and we get scared of the answers to those questions because um, we just start realizing how short life is. Um, and artists have a way of gently but firmly like kind of knocking at the doors of people's hearts and just inviting them to ask those questions because the artist within them, tortured soul and all, is is hope and the heart of of their gift has to be um yes, asking hard questions and and things that shake people up, but fundamentally this uh this innate unshakable hope. um that they must live with whether they're playing music or not or painting or not, you know, mm. it's a way, it's a way of life. And, um, yeah, as people and as artists, they have to have that approachability and, um, it demands a fearlessness. It demands a trust in, um, in love and, and in the hope that is in them. Um, and also in their own gifts and, uh, yeah, it just demands a lot of bravery. So, they have a really special place. Yeah,
1: it really is such a tragedy to think that so much of the world, myself included at times, has, has lost its sense of wonder. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what artists do when they're faithful to their craft. It's exactly what young people do when they're faithful to responding to the great demands of life and, and the great call to do something beautiful with their lives. Um, I'm never more childlike than when, when I met a, a singer-songwriter You know, riders in the round, Mm. Uh, or when I'm running around in a mud pit with kids in the (laughs) summertime, Uh, it's just amazing to think. You know, these ambassadors of beauty, charged with truth, uh, whether they realize it or not, it's it's actually a capacity that we all have. But I think, in a very particular way, it's Mm -hmm. something that we we must invest in as a culture when it comes to young people and artists. And one of those artists is going to be with us in just a few moments, Michelle Mandico. She is somebody who is very much an ambassador of beauty. Um, Her life is charged with truth, uh, but also with beautiful struggle. And uh, one of the things I've always loved about her is she's just so real. Mm -hmm. You're always going to get it exactly like it is with Michelle Mandico. And I cannot wait for that conversation to unfold. As always, Janae, it's a real pleasure. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much of me You're listening to Long Way to Go from Half Captive, the 2015 EP from Michelle Mandico, who happens to be now with us here in the Love Good studio. How you doing, Michelle?
4: I'm good. I'm enjoying my coffee. Yeah. Thanks to uh, your thick roast.
1: Yeah, that actually comes <laughs> from Spice Merchant in Wichita, Kansas. And oh, we've got some patrons out there. Who are way too good to me, a little bit like family. I'm gonna go and give a shout out to Michelle and Andy album. Every um, year on my birthday, they send me that very coffee, and uh, it's pretty thick, but it's about as good as good. it gets. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and I don't drink coffee often. My my go to is tea.
1: I think I know this, and I think I messed it up last time we met for coffee. <laughs> I got you like some kind of regular tea rather than chai tea. I was an idiot. It was no. bad. Yeah. Well, here any we kind
4: are. Of, any kind of tea is good.
1: Yeah. I would like to agree. Philosophically, I think, but I just have a hard time. I'm a coffee fiend. It's really bad. Yeah. So Michelle, you know, our friendship, uh, it, it long predates, uh, this podcast and it certainly predates any of the fun collaborative moments we've had in the last couple of years with your half captive EP mm. releasing to our patrons, Tarmigan mm. releasing exclusively to our patrons. I mean, even to date, that thing is still not out on the streets, which is really cool. Yes, uh, we've got one of your singles on our sampler right now. I just was at your show a couple of weeks ago for uh, the first one without Colorado, and uh, and I think we met through a mutual friend. After you were already in Nashville for about a year. Yeah. Yeah, and you're Colorado girls. Tell us about upbringing and life <laughs> in the mountains. What was that? What was that all about?
4: Oh gosh, the mountains are humbling. If I could put one word to it, uh, yeah. because of how majestic they are and when i moved away nashville was really the first place that i moved uh i grew up in colorado springs musical family my parents met playing the guitar and singing in the church choir and that was that's special my sisters are both musicians and was just encouraged to to be singing and playing and we grew up without cable (laughs) so the most interesting thing to do was was Um, The arts, singing and dancing and uh, just creating visual arts, too. So I was really blessed to be encouraged in that way. And I went to college and grad school in Denver at the University of Denver. And my last, and I grew up skiing. My mom was a ski instructor for the blind. Oh, come on. That's amazing. Yeah, so we were out on the slopes young like two two and a half
1: oh you're like those cute little kids that are like (laughs) in the the i mean there's like always like 15 at a time with the ski instructor i'm thinking they can ski better than i can
4: like the little ducks the little ducks that's what they look like the little ducks
1: oh that's awesome so So that was your childhood
4: that i definitely yeah i grew up skiing and that's that's a different thing than you know even hiking because you really become one with all of the terrain and it's just you're high up and it's It's beautiful. It's the best way to clear the head. I agree. I've tumbled down
1: enough mountains to be able to completely resonate with that. you become one (laughs) with creation. It is so bad and so beautiful at the same time.
4: Yeah, tumbling. Why don't we talk
1: about skiing more? I mean, for all the the common loves that we have, such as music in Nashville and coffee now, I cannot (laughs) believe we've never had a longer conversation about snow skiing.
4: That's crazy. Yeah, It's it's one of my favorite
1: things to do ever.
4: Wow, Jimmy. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> okay.
4: All right. Well, we got to put that on a bucket list for yeah. both of us to do together. Um, yeah, one day. I had a great instructor. So after I finished grad school, I studied curriculum and instruction for in an education. And so uh, I wanted to teach, but I didn't want to be confined to a classroom at that point. So I, I became a ski instructor mm. and was, you know, leading the little ducks. And I had a great mentor say that the only way to go faster is to slow down. And just this beautiful duality in and, and finding balance between taking time to enjoy things and slowing down and, you know, smelling the flowers. And then also reaching for this speed and this, this high of going, of going without slowing. And so... Um, Going that was without great.
1: slowing. I mean, what is it <laughs> yeah. actually about life in the Western world where we just, it's the currency of our culture is busyness yes. and yeah. fast pace. Yes. And yes. I fall victim to it constantly.
4: Yes. Well, I, in high school, I, I spent some time in France and I went to school for a little bit uh, when I was in high school in France and living with a family there. That was one of the best examples of a slower lifestyle. They take typically Wednesdays off, and there's just more time and emphasis on family. Yeah. And I feel like in our culture, we work to be entertained. And in many European cultures, they work to relax, to truly slow down and be. And so I think that's one thing, Uh, you know, that that contrasts with the speed of our culture and but it was yes so Colorado was great France was great being abroad you've spent a lot of time abroad
1: I have I mean I almost want to just stop and talk about what you learned from the French I yes. Mean, yes I sort of like pretend like I don't like the French uh because we all do that uh, but like come on they've got so many geniuses and mystics yeah. and yeah um artistic you know uh Contributions that history yeah. will forever be grateful for, and uh, you know, you talk about the difference between entertainment, yes, and leisure or and le- yeah. or relaxing. You know, we we are always on a craze for the next thing mm-hmm. that is going to entertain us. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a Jimmy Mitchell problem. I th- think it's maybe an American problem. Mm. I'm always eager for the next like Apple press release for the next yeah. thing that's going to satisfy me for two weeks, and then bore me to tears or frustrate me when iOS updates unknowingly. You know, it's like, what needs to be reoriented in the human heart for us to even have a desire or a space for leisure, you know, that's restorative Mm -hmm. versus entertainment that perhaps is a bit mindless or just escapism.
4: Even draining. Yeah. Yes. I love that you use the word restorative. I think that's so key is that... I have a a mindfulness teacher that says taking time to slow down and quiet, to be quiet, whether it's prayer or meditation or a walk, that's the same as brushing your teeth. They say Mm. it has to be done daily. And peace of heart really for me is only satisfied through silence. And as an artist, as a musician, everything great that I've ever created requires silence. And that's huge. You can't be writing a song. You can't be, well, Person, maybe people can, you know, I, I was just in New York and I thought about the artists who sit out on the streets, you know, creating portraits and, and whatnot in the bustle of all things. But for me, a lot of my art requires the silence. Mm. So if that sort of answers what you're asking. <laughs> I love it. And for
1: you, it's obviously so much more than just your music. I sure. mean, I, I actually consistently forget that we've got patrons out there who have your artwork on display in their homes (laughs) you know I mean you are in every way an artist I'd like to pretend that you know maybe about 33.3 percent of my soul participates in the vocation of an artist nice you know and then there's a whole lot of other things going on that are constantly battling out for my attention you know but that's one of the things I love about every one of our conversations is you come from a place of such depth and such purity and mm. such thoughtfulness and sensitivity. And it's a mm. reminder that you have been given a gift, perhaps, you know, at some point you became aware of that gift and it was Thank sort you. of like hidden and maybe it even felt a little bit dangerous. And you're like, what do I do with this? Yeah. And what's been beautiful for me to watch in our two years of friendship is you've been giving that gift away mm. with the hope of of nothing else, but giving people an opportunity, not for entertainment, but leisure, not for pleasure, but contentment and Mm. not for escapism but restoration
4: wow you know that
1: that is what you do beautifully without even probably (laughs) trying the rest of us are just over here swimming around in an ocean of distraction and and, you know we're (laughs) frustrated with media and culture and frankly the noise within our own souls so yeah anyways this is my small way of saying on behalf of everybody listening thank you for just being you (laughs) and doing what you do because a lot of us don't know how to do it And we don't even have the vocabulary for it. So Mm -hmm. let's jump in to some exciting developments right now in your music career. Um, Obviously, you had a really cool single release show back in November. You've got a brand new single that's about to release. And I guess at some point you're like dangling out this little carrot of a brand new album that like the (laughs) whole world can't wait for. But all of our patrons are currently enjoying. Um, I get almost mystified listening to that album. In fact, thank there's a few you. places I've enjoyed it more than 30,000 feet up in the air on a plane. Because wow. it just like takes me somewhere pretty special. I think there's a song about that.
4: Yeah, a, a song that talks about heights. And the title track says, Drop me on the highest peak with nothing but a word to speak. Oh, it's and, so good. Uh, thank
1: you. <laughs> You're such a poet.
4: <laughs> well, that, that specifically references the feeling of skiing. And the opening line is, I made it up to the slopes alone. And uh, it was this time of year that I felt the need to... It's funny, you're talking about not escapism, but for me, I needed escape to the silence, and Mm. I needed escape to the heights. And I love that you talk about returning to a place of sensitivity, and I think as an artist, we we seek a place of quiet because when you are so sensitive you experience things in such an intense way and that almost is this motivating factor to process through beauty and I've always been drawn to that the need to create something beautiful Um, I think it's Thomas Merton that says art enables us to find ourselves and lose ourselves or lose Mm -hmm. ourselves and find ourselves at the same time and that could not be more true um, when it comes to songwriting And there's a certain, there's a certain innocence and purity that comes through when you approach art in that way. It's this emptying and this filling of, of thought, of concern, (laughs) of worry, of anxiety, of darkness. And that's why the record is called Ptarmigan. It's a bird native to the Rocky Mountains. It's found in Alaska oftentimes.
1: I've been wondering for about a year now. <laughs> yes,
4: a lot of people come up and they say ptarmigan, and I, I smile. And then my friends joke that it's uh, cardigan. I'm a cardigan in my mountain home, <laughs> which maybe a merch idea will stem from that. But ptarmigan became this metaphor and this image that resonated with um, seasons that we pass through of darkness and light. So it's this bird in the mountains, which resonates because where I'm from, but also it changes from black to white or a dark red to white with the seasons. And that is such a a beautiful embodiment of of darkness and light. Mm. And this, you know, these places where we struggle to find ourselves and we struggle to fall into our senses. And then these places where everything is clear and everything is transparent and bright. So... That is, the, that is the song. It's also the name of a ski lift at Loveland, where I mentioned I ski instructed. And I was with my mom, and uh, we were boarding the lift, and she said, Michelle, do you know what a ptarmigan is? And I said, no, embarrassed a little bit. <laughs> and she told me what it was. She grew up in Alaska some, and so uh, she had a special connection to it. And I looked at her and said, Mom, that's the name of my record. Oh. And then from that point on, it just uh, unfolded. That was one of those things where I can't take credit for the unfolding of something that was just the way it was meant to be.
1: That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, we're going to now take a listen to that song. This is not only the title track of an album that's going to release in the not-so-distant future. It's also a single that's releasing on iTunes. And you're getting an exclusive sneak peek today yeah. here at the Love Good Podcast. So this is Tarmagan by Michelle Mandico.
2: I made it up to the slopes alone try
1: Again, by Michelle Mandico, a single releasing next week on iTunes, the title track of an album that's currently only available to love good patrons. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michelle, I've never heard the, the full story behind it. And uh, I wouldn't have ever known that that was not only the name of a ski lift, more importantly, the name of a bird, not the name of a jacket. And uh, <laughs> and there's such richness. Um, I Thank mean, again, you. this is sort of the, the call of the artist to, to put words around these human experiences Mm. that the rest of us were just grasping at. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to be able to articulate these things. And um, again, I'm just here to say thank you for doing that on our behalf, Mm. for being sensitive in that silence, uh, allowing yourself to ascend to those heights so that the rest of us can just maybe like, you know, grab hold of something and and go there (laughs) uh, along the way. So uh, yeah, I'm just really curious, you know, as, as people listen to this single, as they anticipate the, the coming of uh, your new album mm. out. And, you know, even as they see you live, like I got to, mm. ironically, only for like the second time ever about <laughs> two months ago. Um, what do you hope is the big take home when, when people encounter you, when they encounter your music? What are the questions that you hope they ask? What are the, the movements that you hope take place in their heart?
4: Oh, that's beautiful. Definitely Honesty. I think I approached this record with a commitment to honesty. And unlike Half Captive, which hopefully most people have been able to listen to, uh, that was a pop record that was um, technically, quote, perfect in ways. There was, you know, music these days is oftentimes uh, perfected, whether it's through tuning and editing and all that. And I went into the studio to record Tarmigan with this desire for it to be completely honest and vulnerable and so we went in I didn't want anything um, edited or tuned and it's it's tracked live so not being afraid of imperfection and knowing that in vulnerability vulnerability is matched by love and eyes of love when we see something vulnerable I think that we soften And it's through softness that we find our greatest strengths. And so I think with this record, if and when they, you know, when people meet me, or if they meet me, um, feeling inspired to be honest and vulnerable and not being afraid to tell your own story, no matter how personal it is. This record talks about my mom, and it talks about my sisters, and it talks about anything in my life that's been inspirational. Um, I follow a sense of wonder. That's huge. I think that follow anything that, that keeps you in a state of wonder, but not being afraid to tell a story. Everything on the record, every lyric on the record is uh, truthful, and it's not fabricated. And it took courage. You knew me when we were recording it. Um, it was a It was a difficult time, but seeing it through and being patient are two things that, I mean, I'm constantly working on being patient. <laughs> But knowing that there's a greater plan and there's a mystery, a mystery that's huge, is knowing that uh, not everything that we see can change the way, you know, change things the way that we want to, but also that there's so much unseen that is working among us and in our lives and in the people we connect with and meet.
1: We're back as always, the segment of the show where we sit down with Jessamine Anderson to talk about how we can practically build a better culture.
0: I wanted to tell everybody a little bit about something that we're doing in February. We're going to be in multiple cities sharing Lovegood with other people. We've been kind of Um, in our office in Nashville, getting everything ready. And we're actually going to be out on the road in February. And I'm so excited about that. Yeah, you
1: see, everybody else hibernates in the winter. We hibernated in the fall, and now we're going seriously public. All right, so everybody stay tuned. These dates will be launched on our website soon. We're going to be hitting several cities across the southeast and midwest in February, coming really into the homes of patrons and into the hearts of small communities and small pockets uh, that are really eager to experience Love Good in person. Now, a few dates in February are gonna be awesome, but actually, there's something even bigger happening in April. What's that? Uh,
0: I'm so excited. We're doing a multi city Love Good tour in the month of April. I'm just a little bit excited about everything that's in store. So, we're gonna be coming to many different cities doing house concerts and things like that, but we can't do it without you hosting events for Lovegood. So we need you to be a part of what we're doing. So if you are interested in bringing Lovegood to your town, to your home, to your community or your group that you want to be involved in building a better culture, let us know reach out to us we are so excited to get our tour on the road and book events with you all
1: so that's it we are officially announcing february dates within the next week or two on our website and we are now as of today officially booking the april tour so people can reach (laughs) out to jessamine directly at info at lovegoodculture.com. The last time we did a tour this big was the summer of 2013. We did 45 cities in 60 days. We had about 300 brand new patrons who came out of that tour as far west as San Diego, as far north as Boston, as far south as Tampa. I don't know that we'll be going that far and wide <laughs> in April, but it's going to be an exciting way to bring Love Good into the hearts and homes of people all over the country. jessman thanks for the heads up.
0: Have a wonderful week, everybody.
1: Michelle, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the show. You know, we had a series of interview segments that we did back in 2015, 2016. I don't know how we didn't get you in on that. And uh, <laughs> it's so nice to finally have you on the the kind of fully produced and, and fully formatted version of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just painting such a beautiful picture, even for me, to to hear new language around um, some of these experiences, some mm. of these desires that we all have, even your your invitation to be honest, mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, to mm-hmm. be real. Yes, I mean that's where freedom is. And yes. if we if we live from any other place than that, we're just going to be anxious, and life yes. will never have the the joy it's it's meant to have. So, yes. thanks for calling me back to that truth. Uh, before we transition out, I would love to hear what music you're listening to right now, books that you've been reading, maybe films that you've really been inspired by through the years, our patrons, our listeners, the folks following us even on social media are always looking for great media recommendations. So what do you have for us?
4: Nice. (laughs) Um, Growing up, Ingrid Michaelson, I saw her for the first time when I was in high school, and I remember watching her and just... I had already been playing music since I was young, but when I saw what she was doing, I said, "Oh, that's what I want to do." So, if you haven't heard her music, she she's great, and she was one of those artists who wasn't afraid to to tell her own story. Um, gosh, books I've been reading. I love the way to love. It was a it's by um Anthony DeMello. Mm. It's a beautiful, simplistic well, it's not simplistic, but it helps you return to a place of simplicity and seeing how how love is simple. And um, and then for movies, gosh, I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> kind of a nerd there. Uh, one of my favorite movies still is A Knight's Tale. Um, always makes me laugh. Do you and know what you could one
1: day help me lead? What? A Love Good Adventure to New Zealand. He wouldn't that be cool? We'll go visit oh, Hobbiton. Hobbiton. There we'll have you go. a nice little. Do you drink beer?
4: Yes, yeah, sometimes. It's the
1: most frequented <laughs> pub in all of New Zealand. It's right there in Hobbiton, on set where the films were produced, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Everything oh, so about beautiful. that place. So maybe one day.
4: That, that would be, be amazing. A cool
1: partnership, huh? That
4: yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. But you know, anything that uh, I think love good culture, why I'm so attracted to being a part of it, and why I've been um, so inspired to be a part and is is the transformative quality mm. to allow beauty beauty and its attraction to transform uh our culture and our hearts no matter no matter if it's one person or a hundred people or ten hundred people
1: that's right well, it is such a pleasure and 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 real profound joy for me personally to Just get to come alongside you in that Mm. and accompany you as you continue to do all the beautiful and great things that you do. For those of us who aren't yet tracking you on social media, have never been to your website, how can people be following
4: you? Super simple. There's only one of, uh, of me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: good.
4: (laughs) No, um, it's Michelle Mandico. It's, um, M-A-N-D-I-C-O. And that's the name on Facebook and, uh, Instagram. I am incompetent at Twitter, but uh, those are the two ways to stay in touch. My website is michellemandico.com. There's a contact me link. So I would love to hear from anyone. It's uh, really special when you hear from somebody who is touched by whatever you're making, the the art you're making.
1: That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait to do this again sometime, Michelle. Hope the continuation of January 2018 is uh, just really awesome and blessed for you and we'll do this again sometime.
4: Thank you so much Jimmy. I'm so appreciative of you and all that you do and the belief you have in artists like myself.
1: Yeah, see you around town.
4: Sweet. The whole world
1: listening to Give It Up from Half Captive, the 2015 EP from Michelle Mandico. What an absolute joy to have had Michelle in the studio. She's just one of my favorite people on planet Earth and one of my favorite singer-songwriters here in Nashville. Just has a heart of gold. And what a wonderful way to inaugurate the new year of the Love Good Podcast. Uh, As always, please keep sending us your questions, your ideas, your thoughts about media, about culture. All you got to do is send a voice memo or an audio recording to content at lovegoodculture.com. We'll feature you in this segment of the show each week, and we're just super eager to hear what you're listening to, what you are struggling with in your own pursuit of building a better culture. also want you guys to know that we're doing quite a bit of traveling here in the upcoming months. I'll be in Florida alongside The Apprentices. I'll be in Kentucky both later this month here in January. We're actually in the process of putting Final Touches on a Firesides tour, which is going to be really intimate, beautiful nights, and people's living rooms all over the Southeast and Midwest in February. So check out lovegoodculture.com for all of those dates, all of those upcoming events. Next week, we've got Father Kevin McGoldrick coming on the show. Now, that's interesting because he's uh, a really, really incredible priest who happens to also be a wildly talented singer songwriter. And actually, my favorite song he's ever written is about coffee. I mean, this guy loves coffee and uh, is also a great lover of music and clearly a man of faith and really allows that to collide into the unique gift that he is as a singer-songwriter. So we're really, really pumped to have Father Kevin McGoldrick in the studio next week. As always, this is Jimmy Mitchell. Thank you for tuning in to the Love Good podcast this week. And we will see you next time around. God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Love Good podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. Massive thanks to all of our patrons who make this podcast possible. On top of being a media discovery platform and crowdfunding initiative, we are a grassroots movement that accompanies young people and artists who are transforming culture with beauty. Our patrons are on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else. Build the culture you've always imagined. Join the movement and become a patron today at lovegoodculture.com.